Welcome back to the Switch Cars podcast, affectionately and officially named SwitchCast. Registered trademark. It's clever. clever. Yeah. Well, it was that or Cars Pod, so. Either way. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, welcome back. Yes. Welcome so, back. Switch Cars is a weekly live show. Uh, where we take your calls and questions, and each week we will have a new co-host, guest, expert uh, in-house, and uh, often they will be people you have never heard of, which is kind of cool. Expert is a loose term. Expert is a loose term, sure. Anyway, so we're all going to learn together from these guests, and uh, tonight my guest is Pete Jackson. Pete is the founder, owner, CEO, president, emeritus, hmm. uh, chief cook and bottle washer of Pete's Custom Coach Building. I also uh, clean the bathroom. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. Not often. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, he, he is the founder of Pete's Custom Coach Building uh, in Newbury, Ohio. It is a specialty car restoration shop. And uh, should we just call you a body shop? Can we see? No, it's okay. kind of offensive. He's a father of five girls. Yes. Which is more of a handful, the five girls or your your male employees? Hmm. That's a that's a close Don't one. Don't answer that one yet. Uh, and he's also the owner of arguably the world's <laughs> cheapest two car Porsche and Ferrari collection. That is that is very true. Very true. Very true. very true. Um, <clears throat> so Pete is going to be uh, helping us out here. If you have detailing questions, painting questions, questions about restorations, things like that, uh, please uh, feel free to uh, type your question live on YouTube or Facebook, where you're wherever you're watching this, or you can call in our live on the air number is 216-294-4124 and you can talk to this guy uh, most people would pay to talk to a guy with a shirt like that but Absolutely. you can do it for free tonight because other people have paid for it namely mm. our wonderful sponsors which we'll hear from later anyway so I guess with that, um, we will just dive into the questions, Pete, sure. unless you have something you want to say about yourself first no, by not, way of introduction. Not at all. Not not at all. all. Okay, good. Well, hopefully just you have more to say it. later. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the, uh, the most frequently asked question I get being in the car business is how did you get into that business? And because I'm not a people person, I guess, um, that it's a hard question for me to answer. I bristle a little bit at the question because it's, it, there's no recipe to get into it. I'm not right. exactly sure why, uh, why people are asking it. Um, I think they're just curious. They want to know my story. Um, but I don't have a good answer for it. Right. right. And, um, it, it's, it's kind of a long answer. However, people want to know that. And that was the most common question in various iterations we got about, your line of work, okay. owning a restoration shop, is yeah. how did you get into it? Uh, so, tell uh, us. Yeah, no, I get the same same thing. Uh, people ask me the same question. It's kind of a hard an hard answer to come up with. Um, I guess it goes back to when I started restoration stuff back when I was 13. I restored a car. I restored a 1966 Beetle, and... Um, I bought it probably when I was 12 and uh, 
restored it, uh, planning on using it as my first car, and I did that. So that How did you know how to restore it? Did you just go buy a can of Rust-Oleum? Or? Uh, basically, I just... YouTube? I just, no, there was no YouTube when I was a young whippersnapper. So um, basically... I, I just, uh, I dove in. So I, I, I enjoyed painting um, automotive cars. Um, I knew a couple of people that did do that and asked them questions. Um, but basically it was just go at it. Um, I actually restored the car in my friend's veal barn with uh, about 150 veal cows. Hmm. And... Uh, uh, right next to the... So when you got finished uh, and you fired it up, did they do a, look like a deer in the headlights? They were long gone oh, by the time we finished. <sighs> but um, So that's one thing we did. Uh, but I was probably 15 by the time I finished it, and we painted it, took it apart, put it all back together. Um, but that kind of got me into the restoration world, as I started driving that car, I met more and more people, and uh, I met a guy that, uh, his name is Mike Amarino. Uh, I was probably 15 or 16 when I met him, and uh, there was a body shop that only did Porsche 356 restorations in Chardon, Ohio, and well, You'd I already done one of those. Basically, <laughs> basically. I started... Uh, Working on 356s when I was uh, 16, 17 years old. And uh, that kind of got me into Porsche land, which got me out of Volkswagen land. Okay. So, well, it's uh, a relative term, but <laughs> was the Volkswagen restoration any good? It, yeah. I mean, it was pretty decent from, I mean, it got me my first job. The You know, it was kind okay. of my... You know, I pulled in, he gave me an interview, asked me what I did, and I, you know, and I, he asked me if I brought my car with me, and I showed him, you know, so it, it got me my, it got me in the door. Okay. So. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's, yeah. Okay. So that, you know, as time moved on, you know, I started getting jobs at various restoration shops after I worked a stint over at uh, my first job, and, uh. I ended up landing into restoring uh, uh, Rolls-Royce Silver Ghosts, so like uh, vintage 1910 cars, and that kind of got me into that whole scene. Um, I really didn't do that much, but probably a couple couple years, three years, but I met more people mm -hmm. within the industry, and uh, and this is all in Ohio, east side of Cleveland. Um, there's a lot of cars, a lot of car scene there, um, as in restoration stuff. Right. So that kind of pulled me through that whole ranks. And, you know, as I got better and older, you know, I made more money. Um, and, uh, I guess by, by well, the, maybe you got your driver's license. Oh yeah. I got my <laughs> driver's license. That was no problem. So. So you're you're 15 at this time, but you're right. Well, at Pebble Beach, no, 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 no. At this time, I you know I, I you know I worked about six years in the Porsche shop, so mm -hmm. that puts me up to like what 23, 24. Mm -hmm. I got a job doing the Rolls Royces, which then kind of went back, um, 
And uh, after about a year, maybe maybe a year and a half, I went back to the Porsche stuff and started restoring Porsches again at the same shop, which then kind of got me into learning more about how to do things better as a restoration uh, tech. So um, that put me at odds with my my uh, employer. Because he didn't want you to do things better, or not? Not really. We he, we always heard uh, good enough, and that that'll be fine. Um, it kind of just that was that was where we went. <laughs> good is the enemy good. of better. Yeah, good is the <laughs> yeah exactly. So um, that's when I realized when I think I was uh, 25. I realized that I kind of capped myself out in the industry unless I wanted to move out of state. Okay. And at that point, I did not want to move out of state. So family and all that stuff. Uh, so I ended up uh, starting my own restoration shop when I was 26 years old and uh, just kind of fell right into it. Wow. Okay. Uh, there's a really good follow-up question that I didn't come up with. Um, this is for... Four. Well, it's for and from just the tib. Okay. On Sounds made Instagram. Up. Hey, man, I'm just calling it as I see it. Uh, when you're starting out, how do you find the cars to restore? There's actually two questions. Hmm. And I guess, how would you find the clients? And how do you determine which cars are going to be profitable? Hmm. Well, first of all, uh, I. I work for customers, so I don't have to worry about which cars to restore. Um, okay, so how do you find the customers? So, um, with my business, uh, I don't—I really don't have to find many customers. They find me. Um, the best way okay, that I fine now they advertise. When you were twenty-six, starting out, did yeah, they come when I was, find you when I was twenty-six. I'm trying to remember, <laughs> man. Um, that was five or six girls ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, my first job, if you want to go back to that, um, yeah. ended up into Packard. So I thought okay. I was going to, that's kind of where the coach building came from. Um, I thought I was going to end up doing restoring Packards or American, American cars, like thirties, forties sort of stuff. So I ended up working on a 1936 Packard 120 think opera window coupe or something like that so that kind of i'm i uh, remember going to a packard museum with my uncle and uh meeting some of the the people that uh worked at the museum and them being very excited that they met somebody or a young guy that could do body work right so because they just they yeah. were, uh, the guys that could yeah. were all dying yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's yeah. how I ended up with my first uh, yeah, job was uh, just 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 kind of not really expecting that. So so that was just a, a whim, really. Okay. So, but as things progressed, it became more and more as um, once I landed my first job, he brought me another customer, and it mm. was total total uh, bootstrapping, um, word of mouth. Okay. All right. How long did you work by yourself before you had help or, or let's say reliable, consistent help? <laughs> yeah. Consistent help. That's don't. the, that's the <laughs> loose term, I guess. No. Um, Joys of a business owner. So as I, 
I basically hired my first employee, um, trying to remember who it was. Man, who was that? I don't know. I can't, re- I can't remember who was my first guy, but um, I knew that I needed someone in the building okay. to, uh, to basically encourage me to work because I w- I'm not s- very self-motivated. So I needed someone that I could uh, just say, hey, come in a couple days a week and uh, just do some work. And I think I, I think I hired my friend, and he worked for me on, uh, I believe, Thursdays and Fridays. And I, I think we were sh- I was sharing him with another r- restoration shop at that time so he would go work there for a couple days and come work for me for a couple days and that that lasted a good maybe six seven months um and then uh he moved on or needed a real job i think that was the that was the case need a real job need health insurance so um that moved me on to another guy that uh my friend jake um i ended up hiring him but um that was a phone call and uh, he was uh, he was twirling pizza signs on the side of the road in Chardon, and I just called him out of the blue. And I didn't know who this guy was at all, so I just figured anyone who would twirl a pizza sign on the side of the road for a free pizza oh my would come and probably sand paint. And I was like, so anyways, I called him. He That's said, as long, as long as I could work on Mondays and Tuesdays, because the rest of the week I have a band that I'm playing in, and band is really important. So I was like, yeah, that, that works <laughs> out fine, Mondays and Tuesdays. Come on in. So he started working for me pretty consistently full-time, $7.50 awesome. an hour. That is that's brilliant on your part and you just trained him how to yeah, do what you yeah i just trained him, him and uh he's pretty he uh once i told him that he works so hard to look like he's not working uh that that was kind of when we became good friends so because <laughs> he would just work so hard to look like he was a bum but he really wasn't right because he was he really did work hard behind the scenes right on stuff so I mean, he still does a little bit with the beard and, yeah. you know, his, his suits and things right. like that. But, yeah, right. no, he's he has to work hard. That band is awesome. But um, So, okay, so to the second part of the question, how right. do you determine as a business owner? I mean, obviously, you had done body work before. You had worked in the industry. I don't know if you were doing estimates and things like that or you knew the costs involved. But how did you how did you figure all that out? That was all just trial and error. Um, and at the time, it was what, 2007, I believe. So we were going right into oh that. Boy. Nobody's doing anything with money right now. So I ended. I fell into doing microcar restoration with Izettas, and I think I did a, a couple Izettas, some Messerschmitts. So it was kind of a trendy thing to do at mm-hmm. the time was microcars, and that kind of got me through seven, eight, and yeah seven eight and nine and i met some really good customers that they not they had these micro cars but they also had big collections of other cars Mm -hmm. so that got me in the door with those guys so but um uh as what was the question (laughs) (laughs) how did you determine which ones would be profitable oh man well um 
that goes back to one of my employers told me when I was restoring Volkswagens that I picked the wrong car. And that stuck with me, um, just as he wasn't trying to be offensive. I took it offensively when he said it, but he picked Rolls Royces as the car he would become an expert on. And, uh, because that Rolls Royce owners are well healed. Yeah, yep. And, and they have, you know, money to spend on their cars and their hobby. And, uh, that kind of put me oh, man. into Hold Porsche. On. Back it up, back it what? up. I just, my mind's working slowly, <laughs> but I had a great wordplay. Oh no, here we go. Because Rolls Royce owners are well healed and Volkswagen owners are healed. <laughs> Dang it. Fix it in post because Rolls Royce owners are well healed <laughs> and Volkswagen owners are hell wheeled. Oh, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> I'll get there. This is this is why people don't do live podcasts no. is because oh. they have jokes and they sit around practicing them and then constantly when it's sure. you know in in the audio download version of this that'll be, that will be, be wiped clean. It'll, seamless. It'll, it will be seamless. Awesome. I will look like I'm really funny and quick witted. But okay. so as Where in like we? the right car to restore that, I mean, really there is no, I mean, as profitability, I personally would never restore a car for profit. I just don't think there's profit in it. Uh, there's too much work involved. You And if you want to get a car that's going to be valuable, you got to put down and buy a car right that's but you already have to make money as, as a business owner how did you figure right. out like oh. hey how do i not go broke doing this how do i not and go did broke? you almost I, go broke i was broke. on a few i was broke when you started yeah um, for probably a good uh i'm going to say a good eight to ten years okay uh my wife and i were extremely broke so my wife was running a business also that didn't make much money either so I mean, we uh, we we lived on uh, mortgage and air, so yeah. um, that was it. Okay. So, so what what clicked after eight years? What clicked is uh, uh, you ripped we, off a big client. No, or? no, no, no. Uh, no, I, I I figured out how to, uh, or at least I thought think I did. At least uh, seems to be going okay, but. Um, having enough employees in a building that you own or rent. So how many employees per square foot mm -hmm. do you have and how many billable hours you can bill a week? Right, uh, relative, to, relative their paid hours. to their paid hours. Right. Once I figured that out and then had enough uh, um, work coming in the door, mm -hmm. that's when things started to click. Did your and wife help you with that? Was she instrumental? in uh figuring that stuff out a little just, bit just, i mean yes yes yes. Oh, yes. yes yes it was wonderful okay wonderful <laughs> so well i'm just i'm curious right so part of the reason i ask and this is not to um this is not to insult any <laughs> super skilled crafts craftsman nor chef but um a lot of really really talented people uh mechanics engineers chefs body men whatever want to take that talent and or a general discontent with their employer or situation and say, well, I'm great at this. I'm going to go start a business, but they're right. not business people. Right. And more often than not, they need somebody, whether it's their wife or a partner or something like that, who understands the business and can run that aspect of it. So they don't run themselves right. into the ground. And I'm curious if that was a, something over time you figured out, if you, 
kind of had that knack for business as well and you just hadn't learned that skill or if it was something that she was the one that was more business-minded and kind of helped right. you refine so, things. So that goes back to, I mentioned my wife had a business also during the same uh, 10 years or nine years that we you know, started off. Um, my wife started a store, a retail store, um, a l- about nine months before I started my shop. So <clears throat> she spent 10 years of her life running a business and I and we were pretty separate at that point and I spent the same amount of time but we've both finally figured out that we had to concentrate on one business sure and my business seemed to be the most profitable at the time and you know we were having kids and uh, she needed to be with the kids and it was just taking up so much time both businesses all the kids and just rolling through that so we kind of just said we uh, came together and said that one needs to go that one you know and uh, shut it down which was really hard to do mm-hmm. after 10 years and uh, got through that and basically started concentrating on the restoration business and figuring out how to come up with systems and all that stuff you know what works what doesn't work but mm-hmm. yeah no my wife was very instrumental on uh, on coming up with you know how to do things and you know forcing me to uh, basically collect all my time and bill for it properly. Sure. So sure. a lot of the time I was just saying, ah, oh, that should have took me right. that much time, and it really took me more time to do. So, so well, a lot of that's my, one of the hardest things for business owners to do as well is value their own time. Right, right. Yeah. And even to this day, I really don't value my time very much. And I value your time, oh, Thank Pete. you. Thank I you. do. That's thank why you're here. Thank you. I and value it in bourbon um <laughs> question from frank komar never heard of that guy no but, not at all uh, wh- what was the hardest piece of any car you've had to restore that's that's an interesting question hardest piece um i restored a 1950 i believe nine berkeley se492 which is a tiny little sports car that looks like a cobra but it has a three-cylinder excelsior engine in it um all I this think i've actually seen one of those and uh yeah. it had a i, I want to call it a stator but it wasn't really a stator it was a it was it's like a generator and a starter all in one and i think it's like a dynamo they call it in england and uh that was an impossible piece to find so we had to send it to England, which this piece of metal weighs like 75 pounds. And getting it to England, I sent it there. The guy looked at it, sent it back, and told me it was fixed, and it wasn't fixed. So I ended up fixing this thing myself and getting the car to work, sort of. Okay. So it was a interesting piece. Stator. Uh, dynamo. 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 I've heard of a dynamo. Well, I was trying to set myself for up for a joke. Stater, I barely know her. Barely know her? Stater. Whatever. Anyway, fix that in post, too. Uh, so you restore cars for a living. I do. Your job is making cars perfect. Wait, before this question. Commercial break. Hold oh. on. Oh, boy. It's that time. Uh, music. Uh, <clears throat> this podcast 
is bought brought to you by Boxcast. You are watching this show thanks to Boxcast. Boxcast is a live streaming streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers in more than 200 countries. Their founders launched Bod Boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, not recommended, Boxcast is an easy, flexible live streaming platform for organizations. It is so easy. We are doing this with a phone. Yes. So if you love what you see here, uh, head over to switchcars.com slash boxcast for your free trial. If you're not getting a good quality stream, it's my producer's fault or our Wi-Fi mm. or user error. But uh, never BoxCast fault. They do <laughs> great work. Uh, again, call in to the show, 216-294-4124. If you want to ask Pete or myself a question, really Pete, because he's the guest of the, the day, uh, or post your questions in YouTube and um, in the comment flow of wherever you're watching it, we'll do our best to answer them live. So back to this question, which I started. Um, oh, 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 back to that question. Right, so you restore cars for a living. You make them perfect, but you drive a beater Ferrari 308, hmm. And yes. a Porsche 912 that yeah. if it was any or crappier, mm. any crappier, it would have been built by Magnus Walker. It's perfect. How do you reconcile that? Is the old adage true that a painter's that? house is always peeling? Yes. Yes? Yes. So it's not intentional? Or do you secretly believe that cars are meant to be driven and not hmm. perfect so, and put in garages? So the 912 goes back to, I've owned that car for a long time. And uh, it disappeared for a while. Um, ended up buying it back from the guy that uh, I, I sold it to. He ended up I uh, ended up dying and uh, uh, ended up getting sold. But anyways, I ended up finding the car back and all that stuff and the general story of that. But um, so that car only should look like that. Right. Because that's because of the story. Just because of the story, because that's what I drove when I was uh seventeen years old, driving a Porsche nine twelve, getting made fun of at Porsche events because it's a nine twelve, <laughs> you know. Now and you can make fun of nine forty four and Yeah, Exactly. Owners. So we I have a long hood air cooled car. I yeah. I didn't see you at Luftgewalt. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's just a 912. It's gray. It's a beater box. And, uh, it's it, so it, cool, though. It, goes, it can go anywhere. Yeah, uh, um, it does. And it goes, you know, so, and you don't have to worry about it. When it rains, it's just an ugly 912 that, you know, just mechanically sound and goes. Okay. So, so would you have a perfectly restored car? I, I question that. I don't know what I would do with a shiny car that I would have to take care of all the time. So, um, I don't think so. I, okay. I, I, I don't. I don't think I would enjoy having a perfectly restored car. I think that I would want to drive it, and um, it would end up becoming a driver very quickly. Sure. So, and then what's, you know is am i in it for value or not you know right. which, uh, i i really prefer to drive the cars sure well so. that's probably a release for you because you spend your all your days all your time making cars perfect and then you go right. out and get in your 
Yeah, I can. Car yeah, it just, just goes. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, that makes sense. But, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this question is in from Jerry Hattrick. Uh, he asked if you can fix his Mercedes that oh. he ran into a tree. Oh, nice. I don't know. I guess the question is, depends how badly his Mercedes bends. Right. Depends. Did he drive it into the tree or did I? No, he did. Oh, he did. His Mercedes. Okay. Oh, okay. When you hit a tree, right. it bends. His Mercedes bends. That's right. I thought he was <sighs> blaming me for driving no, his Mercedes no. into a tree. I don't remember. <laughs> Next week, we'll have a better one. Uh, how much of your skill set slash job could be considered detailing? Yeah. I, I don't do much detailing as in someone brings me a car that someone else painted. Right. Um, it's very rare. It, it does happen. Um, but what about the f- finishing the car? I mean, there's the, there's the prepping and the painting and all that. How right. much of that is like what people would consider detailing, polishing, wet <clears throat> sanding, buffing, um, whatever? Yeah, no. Um, after we paint a car there's a lot of wet sanding and polishing so it usually takes around 40 hours to wet sand and polish a car okay um and that entails uh wet sanding with like a thousand grit 1500 to 2000 grit sandpaper and then polish going through the steps of of polish so one twos and threes so but um it you know happens every time we paint a car okay um, from Henry Nicholas Collins, on that note, when polishing, do you prime your pad or do you skip that step? Um, yeah, I, I know I always prime my pad. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> um, I think what he's talking about is uh, when you're polishing a card, you put polish on the pad and then uh uh, run it in yeah. to yeah. the car. Matt does that. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I, you know, the car is, when I wet sand and polish, the car is already in like uh, 2000 grit sandpaper. So it's kind of dull anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'll just squirt the uh, the uh, uh, compound onto the car and wipe it in with, you know, the polisher and then just start polishing. So it's not really that big of a deal that I work in a pad. Plus I'm using like a high speed polisher with uh uh, that is a rotary, not not like a DA kind of uh, right. polisher. So right. it's kind of different than just a detail pad. Sure. Okay. That makes sense. Sort of. Not to me, but mm-hmm. to, to someone, someone out there. Actually, sure. does it? Right. Uh, we have a, an in studio question from one of our live audience members. Some, somewhere over there. I think he's still live. I don't no. know. Mm. We're live. But, yeah. Uh, what's this? Is a good question. What is the most interesting story you've uncovered about a car you restored? Mm. I don't know in about story. Or less. <laughs> I, yeah, and story-wise, but I could tell you about um, uh, we rest- we restore a lot of '80s Porsches, and we find a lot of uh, cocaine. Uh, cocaine. Really? Yeah. So hidden oh, around. I was joking. And, no, no, no. Just seriously, oh. little little baggies. I've ran across that. About three or four times, maybe five. Um, just little baggies of cocaine that slid behind the uh, dashboard, or you nice. know, yeah. So that's. I don't know if that answers the question, but it. What do you it was do fun. with it? I have flush it down the toilet. I mean, oh, it's 
it's it's pretty old. You should like hide it in a different car. <laughs> <laughs> we just could do that. Yeah, just it keep moving it around door panels and maybe put, next time. Put it next in those vol- Volkswagen. They'll go up yeah. in value. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The the uh, <clears throat> This podcast is also brought to you by Switch Cars, a wonderfully huh. reputable car dealership. Who wow. Also sold you thought. your beater Ferrari 308. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. We are in the wow. Switch Cars studio here huh. drinking Switch Cars bourbon. Actually, no, we're drinking Tyler Sanders bourbon. Thank you. Right. Um, the Switch Cars question of the day, oh, which wins boy. a free T-shirt, could be the one I'm wearing, flat in the curve. Yeah, get it, flat in the curve. It could be uh, keep your woman but Switch Cars or just one of our Switch Cars branded shirts. Anyway, um the question from Super Ish Mario on Instagram. Mm. What is your biggest piece of advice for the younger generation getting into restoring and modifying classic vehicles? Um, my biggest advice would probably be um, talking to as many people as you possibly can um, that work in the industry. Um, and if you're trying to get involved or get job to work in the industry is to talk with the these shops let them know what you want to do and and just just go go intern you know give yourself or ask them if you could intern for a month or two months and just just try to feel out the uh the different skills and the different jobs that it takes to do restoration so there's multiple layers of jobs within the Mm -hmm. same thing not everyone is good at everything so finding out what part of the car what part of the job you want to do is probably the best the best thing so that that would be my advice okay all right good one well uh thank you super ish mario Hmm. um hopefully with some effort you'll become truly super uh, but uh, you you get a, a free T-shirt, uh, and uh, if the rest of you want one of our awesome T-shirts, you can go on shopswitchcars.com and use the code SWITCHCAST to get oh, 10% off your entire order. So load them up. They make great Christmas presents, and they will definitely be there. I won't say definitely. We ship them U.S. Postal Service. They yeah, might no. be there before Maybe. Christmas. Maybe. Uh, it's not an election year, so we'll be fine. Yeah. That's true. Um, <clears throat> what project are you most proud of proud or gave of. you oh, the most satisfaction? Satisfaction. Wow. Um, we did a, a 1969 911S, mm-hmm. and that, that car was a very nice 22,000-mile original car. Very, very rusty because they're all rusty. But... Um, that car done and uh, when it went out the door that was that was it was a perfect nice original car that came out very well customer was great Um, it just because the car was never touched before and all the parts were there it was just a great project to do very simple very organized project so that one I would say was probably the best the best and most most interesting thing i mean well necessarily the most interesting but just a great project just because it went so seamlessly and so smooth it was very nice to work on gotcha gotcha did it win an award it never went to any shows 
And that when, didn't change how satisfied you were in the no, work. No, it had nothing to do with it. Do you think awards? So there's the the whole <laughs> Concord Show Tour, Pebble Beach, and Amelia, and stuff like that. And you and I have gone to those shows, and mm -hmm. it can be fun, it can be grueling. Um, do you think awards validate good work, or are they purely subjective hmm. slash political? I think it can be both. Um, as in, a lot of the cars that are going to Pebble Beach are totally there for just ego. And, sure. you know, I mean, it's all ego. So, um, well, but, it's, the, it's the alleged, not allegedly, arguably the greatest right. conqueror in the world. And if you win that, you right. have the greatest car Cor in the world correct. that year. Right. And, yeah, I mean, they're there's nothing like a pebble beach car i mean they're totally overdone and and just perfect that's the whole point and those guys you know they pay for it and they get exactly what they pay for mm -hmm. so it's it is what it is it's just a different thing altogether as in restoring a car as in if you go and restore a car factory original it might not win pebble beach because it's not so perfect so. And I remember you uh, showing me a car in your shop. A, was it an 80s 911 that you did? No, it was a, it was a 60s 911 that you did mm -hmm. to essentially factory specification. It wasn't over-restored. And immediately I could tell because it, it didn't stand out to me as being like brand spanking new, but it also looked brand new right like it, it looked like i was transported back in time i don't know what the 60s were like but you know right it, it just looked like a car that had been kept in the wrapper right yeah that's for 40 years right and that's a trick in itself just making sure that you don't go a little bit that you know knowing where to stop knowing right. where that you know an original car would have stopped and said that needs to keep moving down the line you know they're all you know, uh, factory produced cars and, you know, they, you know, everyone thinks they're perfect, but in reality, they weren't perfect. So what, um, what demand is there for the over restored or slash really perfect cars mm. versus restored to original specification? Are people getting more into that preservation quality restoration or does everybody just want a car that looks brand new to today's standards? So I, well, in what I've been experiencing lately is uh, more people wanting um, higher quality driver cars. They, they, you know, everyone tells me on the phone now is they don't want a, a perfect restored car. They mm -hmm. just, they don't, they don't, you know, whether they assume it's going to be twice as expensive or what, but they, their intentions are to. Uh, drive the car when they're done so right. if they get a rock chip or something they don't want to feel super bad about it sure so that's what i've been experiencing is more people wanting to build a great driving car that's you know looks great um but in that's reality encouraging to me it yeah, gives me hope yeah, for yeah. like the car community in so, general yeah yeah so okay. I'm pretty excited about that because that's honestly what I would prefer to build is really like I mean a lot of people they you know they come into the shop and they look and they go oh this is great show car stuff and it's like well 
you know, the nuts and bolts don't have the right stamping on top, you know, in certain areas, you know, we didn't go through doing all of that. But in the end, it's somewhere hidden on the bottom of a car. Right. And at a show, maybe it matters, but out in the real world, no one, no one would right. ever know. I think that's a different, so. I don't know, it combines two interests though, right? Because right. I don't know if that's necessarily automotive passion, mm -hmm. but it's automotive history passion right, right and not to invalidate that but right it, it's just a different it's different thing that's right that it's, people are after right and it's not necessarily that you're so much excited about the car but you're excited about the car and the history and, and preserving the, that originality right or recreating it. right exactly and, and it just gets into a whole different just want to freaking yeah, drive it just drive yeah just go yeah um what is the worst customer interaction oh, you've ever had wow or give me like your top three because these are the best stories uh, have you ever had to hmm. repaint a car like start over from scratch i have proudly never had to repaint a whole car from scratch wow yeah. okay yeah good yeah uh, have you ever had to fire a client yes i've had to fire clients before um what was the most satisfying client firing <laughs> most satisfying fire i don't know if i had satisfying is the right word for me um it's very always very difficult for me um because usually what it takes for you to get fired from my shop is um just just the constant like um it's almost like a a game you know who can who's smarter than who and uh, if you if you don't want to trust my expertise, then you can you know go somewhere else. You know, mm -hmm. there's other people that that are experts, and there's other people that can do this job, and that's fine. And, but you need to find those other people. Um, it's usually a customer that thinks their car's the best example um, of 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 the mark or whatever it is and they they end up asking all cobra owners yeah they end up asking for um something that's unobtainable and they don't quite understand that you're still doing a repair no matter what you do it's still going to be a repair and you can make it as good as you can and it'll be 99 percent. but you know there might be something left over there might not be but it's still a repair, and unless you strip a whole car down and repaint it, um, it's still on top of factory or someone else's work. So sure. that's, right. you know, I don't it's know. It's not going to have the really original scuffing. Right. The original scuffing, the original, you know. The, yeah, 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 yeah. you can't. Okay. But. Mm, Are there any individual ones in particular that stick out in your mind that um, you're like, man, I couldn't. I mean, yes, it's never a good thing right. to fire a client, but there are some that um, are just like, I am so glad that happened, and what a relief the, that the, they're gone. The mo I mean, the most recent one we've talked about, but most recent one that I can remember is the, uh, uh, there was a guy with a, a, uh, a, a car. A car. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it it had had a little chip, paint chip in the, in the deck lid, and uh, it had some, you know, it's a Carrera, so it was a whale tail, and it, it had a black mask around the vents. And we ended up fixing this little tiny chip um, about 
I don't quarter inch round and we ended up painting the you know area taking the deck lid off and if anyone knows about those tails are kind of a pain to take apart um and do this whole thing and uh he comes in and and starts rubbing his hands onto the black masking which is a raised area on the deck lid where the factory painted black and they just masked it off with tape and sprayed it black pulled the masking tape and there's a raised spot where you can feel with your fingers that it was uh, an extra layer of paint um and he came in and told me that was never there which in then i had to explain to him that this in fact was there um or if it wasn't there somebody repainted it incorrectly right before. but right. but yeah it was there and you know i remember that specifically being there so after all this stuff and i ended up kind of sanding the the edge so it was minuscule i guess but after all this stuff uh you know he comes in and he uh gets his bill and it was maybe a hundred dollars more than more than uh and then we talked about and uh he makes a big deal about that and so i discount his bill a hundred dollars at maybe it was 200 bucks but was insignificant and i'm just trying to get this guy out of my door so i can get rid of him and uh he uh then proceeds to ask me if i do service work on cars and his car in particular and, and i uh i basically i told him right there that we will never touch your car ever again and he can take it somewhere else so that was i mean it was very annoying i, I don't like doing it at all yeah. but it's just it's just but one you of those have things to, as but a you have owner, to you have to yeah 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 i've 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 He's, said goodbye to a few right. and honestly more often than not the 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 ones i fired weren't even clients Mm. They were tire kickers. Right, that right. I, I mean, you guess you don't Time really wasters. have tire kickers in your well, we do. line of work we do. so much. But, um, they, you know, you get those guys that are just, you know, trying to, how much does this cost? And they're nickel and diming. And, yeah. you know, guys come in, bring a car in, wanting to know how much to fix it. And, you know, your first sense is like, this guy, this guy doesn't want to actually do this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's already taken to, to three other shops got prices and i don't even know why he's here you know getting a price from me so yeah yeah um okay we have a a a question from the live stream this is an easy question should Mm. be i guess what pete what is the restoration that you had the most fun on oh i thought he was going to ask me how much a restoration costs (laughs) eighteen thousand dollars eighteen yeah flat rate that's it Okay. Um, what was the most fun that yeah. I've had restoring a car? Man, that probably goes back to working with a couple of good friends on 356s and just having a blast um, in a body shop uh, with two other guys that um, know what they're doing and we just, you know, uh, singing along to songs and just having a blast, just sanding away and uh you know making fun of each other and throwing stuff at each other so are you singing along to jake's no vocal band no, songs no, or not just at all no. <laughs> no no but that 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 
that to me is uh, more important than anything. You can have her. I don't want her. She's too fat for me. <laughs> right. You exactly. Can have her, I don't want her. <laughs> oh gosh, um, that's a song. Mm. I'm not making fun of anything. Yeah, got yeah. to apologize in advance for everything now. No, I don't. It's my channel. Uh, from Macano, my boy. <laughs> My boyfriend is addicted mm. to 944s. I'm sorry. Well, better than some other things. Uh, how can I convince him to stop? <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, marry him? Uh, may, yeah, there you go. Oh, man. 944s. That's too know. bad. You don't? You find a guy who's yeah. addicted to 911s? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's maybe a better car? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a, yeah. I probably I don't move think on. You do. That's probably a move on situation. Or learn how to work on them. Yeah, like you mm. might have to just jump in with both feet and embrace it, and yeah, um, learn how to set timing because <laughs> 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 that's going to happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stock water pumps and yeah, yeah, balance belts and rollers and all that. So yeah, good luck. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of tension in that relationship. Oh my goodness, I can't believe. Wow, you That's just the first you just time did it. I use that. You're mm. gonna have to strike a balance. Wow, I forgot that that was there. It's been there all night. It's been 49 <laughs> minutes before I used that. That's pathetic. It is. It is. Oh gosh. Well, I don't know. It's it's just been so serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We are nearing the end because I think I am out of questions. Good. Um, and do you have anything before anything. we hear from our last sponsor that you want to add that you feel needs to be out there to the out people there, who want to world. know about restoration, restoration and the world of owning your own restoration shop? Yeah, owning your own restoration shop. Um, not really. Just if you if you want to get into restoration. Um, the best thing I can tell you is, like I said before, is just just um, find people and learn from other people. That's yeah. the best way yeah. with restoration. It's just there's people out there that know this stuff, uh, want to, you know, move it on to the next generation, and you just they exist. They there's tons of them, and they don't know how to communicate that. But if you call them, if you talk to them and tell them your anticipation or you want and desires and want to do this stuff, they'll ask you why. They'll tell you don't do it and all this stuff. But but in fact, they they would love to show you how. So, yeah. yeah. OK, uh, we're going to hear from our last sponsor and then we're get to we're going to get to the portion of the show where we take calls. Uh, we've had uh, hundreds of callers waiting on hold, but we just haven't had time to get to them. But we will do that after we hear from our next sponsor. Mm. Oh, here we go. Uh, some uh, bridge music there. Celebrity Machines. Celebrity Machines is mm. a proud sponsor of SwitchCast. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different accurate screen accurate license plates as they appeared in TVs, shows and movies like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad and so many more. Visit celebritymachines.com for more info on replica prop license plate 
memorabilia. They also make custom mm, plates like nice. this one to commemorate our Cannibal event. Um, and you can use promo code SWITCHCAST on CelebrityMachines.com. Promo code SWITCHCAST for 25.39% mm. off your order. Wow. That's a big discount. Wow, that's 25.39%. I guess right now people are actually wishing we went slower mm. on our Cannibal. Mm. But yes, you can get you can get a big discount if you want um, plates. They have what more than 250. So whatever movie or TV show or whatever, um, yeah, that you or uh, your special person that you want to buy for Thanksgiving, Halloween, mm. or Christmas gifts. Mm, nice. These are great Christmas gifts. Uh, they uh, you could wrap them in a T-shirt too. Oh, even yes, better. Don't even have to get wrapping no, paper. That's... Buy a plate. Buy a T-shirt. Yeah, your car Perfect. guy. No gift giving is yeah, done. Done. Easy. Don't buy them friggin' armor all detailing products because they all have the stuff they want. Buy them a t-shirt, buy them a license plate. Easy done. done. If they don't like the t-shirt, they can use it as a detailing rag. Hmm. Okay, so we're gonna go to um go to our our calls here. And uh we have a local call. Didn't say the name, but hmm. uh we'll yeah, take the call we'll anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Uh How's it going, anonymous caller? You're on the air. Hey, what's up, fellas? I'm doing great. How are you Good. guys doing? Good. Doing well. Good. I'm going to commit a cardinal sin of calling into a car show and admit first off that I'm not very much of a car guy. I know that most of them have four wheels. Hmm. Usually if they don't, it's a problem. Uh, anyway, so here's what I'm calling about. You know, or some guys car. reach certain age. And they have like a midlife crisis and they go buy some crazy motorcycle or they buy some, you know, expensive sports car or whatever. Not me. I'm the guy who goes cruising down the street and sees the like 1987 Woody station again and says, nice. that's the car I want from my midlife crisis car. So okay. yeah. the question is, what kind of car I look for that says like, I'm a 40-ish year old dad. Mm -hmm. I like goofy old cars that attract attention, but aren't gonna like drain all my money away, and are gonna be somewhat reliable and not like break down on the side of the road. Gotcha. Um, are you trying? Uh, are you married? Yes, I am. Are you trying to stay married? Yeah. Okay, oh, that okay. that definitely well, affects the purchase yeah, decision. Yeah, absolutely. Because there are some people who are not, right. and they want a car to assist with that. Do you have kids that you want to put I in do. this car? Right. Do you yeah. want to escape actually, from your kids with this car? Or do you want or to put them in and share so, in it? So I'll tell you I'll tell you a short story. Actually, it's not this station wagon thing. station thing that kind of sort of looked like a hearse, hmm. but like a racing stripe on it. it was awesome you wanted a it's station a wagon story, thing that, with a racing stripe that's kind it's of like kind a of hearse for your middle i don't know if wow. we can help you yeah wow <laughs> you no, may be beyond help it was the, it was the kind that has the seat the rear racing seat in the back you know, which i don't yeah. know if you a kid that was awesome so i showed the picture to the kids and they're like, oh, that's so cool. So, like, you know, a car like that that they would actually kind of geek and like ride in would be really fun. I have the perfect car for you. No, Arnie Toman has the oh. perfect car for you. He has the mm -hmm. world's fastest hearse. Yeah. It goes like a nine seconds in the quarter mile. Um, <laughs> you should just might, buy might that. Yeah. 
Um, no, honestly, uh, yeah, you should probably continue the wagon thing because mm-hmm. uh, those are cool now. Um, and uh, you could uh, just get like a hot rod one. Mm-hmm. So you can have the midlife crisis. Uh, I need attention. I'm a car guy. I'm going to go to a car show or do a burnout or whatever. Have a really loud exhaust, um, but still take your kids and they'll think it's sort of cool. Um, you could go old school. You could go new school, like a Mercedes AMG wagon mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. An yeah. Audi RS wagon. Right. Uh, there's lots of, I mean, I guess those are really not, I'm They're screaming not for attention. Not really vintage, though. Sure. Okay, well, give yeah. me a vintage. I'm screaming for attention and want everybody to know I'm going through midlife crisis, but my kids will still like it and mm-hmm. my wife will still respect <laughs> me. Car. I, uh, it's, it's the Nairnese, isn't it? Hmm. A Jeep Wagoneer. There you, there go. you go. Jeep Wagoneer with yeah, wood and, sides. Oh, and, and Pete builds Jeep yeah, Wagoneers. I, I do. That are, uh, he takes a classic body and he puts them on a uh, modern frame with a modern frame. hemi engine right. modern electronics right. everything like that that actually might be mm. the perfect car for justin it might be that we, is we got to talk about this everybody <laughs> loves it this guy takes it everywhere it's like this pastel 70s green mm. it's beautiful but it has bluetooth and heated seats right and abs and all that and right. he goes I, we could park a ferrari next to it people go crazy over the oh, jeep over a wagoneer yep. and he but he drives it everywhere he can take his kids throw right. it in there and he still gets that nostalgic feeling yeah that that might yeah. be it pete that can might, build you one that might be it awesome i think you, i think you solved my you solved my quandary <laughs> i did and pete can continue to solve it for the next two years billing you monthly <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the call, Justin. We appreciate your Thank you, question. Justin. Thanks, uh, guys. Absolutely. Uh, we are going to go f- to Brandon from Akron. He is looking to open his own body shop and focus on classic and higher-end cars. No, okay. Okay. Brandon from Akron, you are on the line with Pete. I'm going to step out on this one. Oh. <laughs> How you doing, Brandon? Yeah, you guys. Love the podcast. Oh, thanks. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking to open my own body shop mm-hmm. um, and focus more on the classics and higher end cars. Okay. Um, but I, how do I make sure it's a sustainable market in this area before I jump head first? Um, sustainable market. Yeah. Uh, have you have you experience in doing, you know, re- restoration work or that sort of stuff? Uh, yeah, I've been um, doing this. Since I was in high school, so okay. I'm on my ninth year of doing okay. body work. Yeah, so you you have experience, and um, unfortunately, like within this, within uh, getting work and like perceiving to do the work, you know, it's nice to have your own car and show up at places with with some of your work. So um, to get work, um, but as a sustainable market, um, I I don't see any of this stuff going away anytime soon. Um, one of my old uh, employers told me a long time ago is, is as long as people have egos, there will be paint jobs. So, um, and that's the truth. As long as people have egos, you'll always have work. Oh, God. So, um, you know, people get their little dings in their cars and they have to have them fixed. Is it necessary? No, not at all. So, 
I would say just go for it. I mean, that's that's you gotta gotta you know jump off the cliff at one point. You know, now might be the time. Uh, five years from now, might be the time. But yeah. you'll figure it out. Yeah, and and if you establish yourself uh, for doing good work, it won't matter if there is a local a, market a to sustain it, right? Um, because you'll draw work from all over. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, uh, do good work. And I, going back to what I was talking with Pete about earlier is: are you um, are are you business minded, or do you have somebody in your corner to help you to that end? Because just because you have uh, the desire to open one. Um, or the skills to work on cars doesn't necessarily mean you should, um, or it means you should, uh, but you need some help in the business end along the way. Right. Um, so that would be, I guess, my advice to, to make sure you don't, you know, fail right off the bat when you have the capacity to, su- to succeed wildly, um, but you kind of get in your own way when you could easily have somebody, a business mentor in your corner to help you with that stuff that you're not used to. Right. That I, I agree hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I wish when I start out that I had a mentor for yeah, a couple of years. Absolutely. That would have totally changed would have, yeah, the would scope have propelled, and trajectory. Propelled trajectory. Projecting Michael ooh, Scott making ooh, up nice. words here. Nice. <laughs> propelled. It <laughs> yeah. would have put you so far advanced, you know, yes. that you are now. So yes. that's the yeah. thing is like having someone in your corner that has been in business is great you know right is that helpful brandon absolutely that's uh that's great information appreciate it guys sure thing thanks for the call all right and we're gonna go to uh tom v he Mm. wants to come on the air with pete oh man you are you're a big tom vale tom i don't know tom v you're on the air with pete and i'm here too how you doing Pete, how did you have the insight to buy a Ferrari for $40,000 in today's market for 30 or whatever it was? That is a very good question. I want to know that question too. I, I'm just I just that that up on the Ferrari 308 market that I knew now was the right time. How do other people well, do I'll that? Well, How do Ferrari other Ferrari Club of America is a great club to join. Yeah. You know, Porsche Club, they don't send you a welcome to the club and an air freshener that you can, like, put in an employee's car or something like that. They don't send you that shit. Porsche Club doesn't. No, the For Porsche well, Club. Man, the Porsche right. Club, you got to hang out with those plebeians with the 944 people. Oh. They just, they're just terrible. Oh, gosh. Man. You know, I've, yeah. worked, I've worked on a couple 944s, Fixed and I really, really like them. But actually, I just took a job recently, and the guy that owns it told me, forget everything you know about 944s. Yes. Because it doesn't apply to 356s or zero, anything like that. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Right. I'm 356s sure. 356s are even worse. They just are worth more. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Who, who in the hell would like to do a brake job on a 356? <laughs> Pete. Pete I'll, would. I'll, I'll do it. Pete would. I've All got, right, Tom. I've got, I've got people for that. Thank you for the call. We appreciate you, uh, your, your, uh, your being on air and your sense of humor. Um, we're uh, we're going to wrap this uh, show up here. Sorry to the to the rest of the uh, 87 callers waiting on hold, but um, we are out of time. Out of time. So, yes. Out. Of, oh, hold on. Oh, we are, oh, oh, one more. We are. 
Out of time. Out of time. Thank you, uh, celebrity machines. <laughs> Sheepers. Celebrity machines. Uh, so, yes, we are um, <laughs> We are going to uh, wrap this up here. So, now that it's the end of the show, we're going to our props and flops. Oh. Our flop of the week is my personal pet peeve. I have been inundated with Instagram ads from... Not from companies. I don't care. If you're a company trying to sell me something, fine. I expect that. They're from people. People who want to advertise their own personal car collections or their car or them at track days. Mm. Interesting. Yes. And they're buying ads. They're literally paying to be Boosted. in front of my ads. Listen, you're not a pro racer. You're not a business. I don't care. And it's stupid to spend money trying to promote your hobby. Stop showing off and enjoy your stuff for what it is. Hmm. You want to know how you know that people really don't care about your stuff when you have to pay them to look at your stuff. Stop buying ads. You're not a business. The prop of the week hmm. is Alex Jones, who set the new motorcycle cannonball record wow. last week. I How? have an immense respect for the guys that do this. They are freaking crazy. That is. 32 hours and 52 minutes across oh. the country in the crazy traffic we have right now. Painful. In a motorcycle. Painful. Seven, I think seven fuel stops. Wow. Props to that on yep. a motorcycle. Yep. Some say he could have gone faster, but for the wind resistance from his enormous cargo bags. <clears throat> Head? No. 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 Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Pete. I don't know. Jackson, thank you for being my co-host guest today. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? How can they follow your stuff or how can a client um, get in touch with just, you? Just, uh, you know, look up Pete's Custom Coach Building, uh, dot com. Uh, Google search Pete's Custom Coach Building. Yep. I'm on Instagram, Pete's yep. Custom Coach Building. Do you buy ads? I do not buy ads. Okay. All right. Neither do I. Uh, okay, great. Um, well, I do when I'm trying to sell a car. Yeah. Uh, great. So if you're interested in having your Porsche, Ferrari, Alpha, whatever restored, contact Pete. Not yep. Volkswagen. Sorry, not Volkswagen. Uh, so thank you again to Pete Jackson, our sponsors, Boxcast, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, and Stephen Holm Woodworking mm, for nice. this incredible desk. Thank you to our producer and call screener, Ethan Huffenagel. Our bumper music uh, would be provided by Emily and Ivory if I could figure out my dang computer. Uh, you can stream the full album. Yes, we have real albums, too. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. Ironically, you can also watch this uh, or listen to this podcast later on in audio format, also on Spotify and everywhere else you find your podcast. Those will be available every Friday. So if you want to listen to it in your car or on the go, that's where you can do it. Thank you again for joining us for the third episode of SwitchCast. <laughs>